Hey guys, it's your host Ryan DeFaber. I just want to let you know on this episode, we have my wife Lindsay DeFaber here. We talk about running. We talk about how she came to Wingate, how we met, her side of the story on why she started hanging out with me and dating me, and then now we've been married 11 years, and the story behind that. It was fun. She was nervous, which I loved. I appreciate the fact that she was she was openly nervous about it, but also vulnerable and has a fun story to talk about, especially if you uh, want to know a little bit or more about me but from a different perspective she provided it and uh it was a good conversation we did it after a date night so um that's what married couples do after 11 years you go and have a nice dinner together and then you sit down and have a podcast so uh, i hope you guys enjoy it as much as i did as always hit me up on instagram dm me send me a comment uh Share it on your stories that you're listening to these podcasts. It, it, it means a lot to me. It lets me know who's out there, who's listening, and what you're enjoying about it. And uh, I'll make sure that I hit you back and, and share it on my stories that you guys are all listening. So I appreciate all the support. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. It was fun to sit down with Lindsay and have a nice little banter back and forth um, because it's just uh, a good way for us to always connect and uh Keep it fun and, and exciting and share our story. So I appreciate everyone's support again and I uh, hope you enjoy. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I'm your host, as always, Ryan DeFaber. I have my most special guest and also most important guest so far and forever. So, episode nine, we have drum roll. Should I do a drum roll on the table? Oh, she's doing her own drum roll. Lindsay to favor my wife, people. Let's get fucking pumped. It's time to get Woo-hoo! wild. We are going to learn about Lindsay. We're going to learn about your athletic career. We're going to learn about who you are. We're going to learn about why you're here with me. <laughs> Which get excited. Yeah, let's get excited. Let's talk about the incredible journey and how lucky you are to have me. As your husband, not only, and that's the dog, you can hear the dog scratching his <laughs> fucking, that's fucking dog. Not, not only, not only am I your husband. That's right. But I'm now with this podcast internationally known. So keep that in mind. All right. So, um, for those of you listening, uh, in all seriousness, I do have my wife here. But it's not out of, um, I just want to have my wife on the podcast. I want to, you know, exploit my family in any way. It's because she does have a really good story around athletics and fitness and life in general. And has a a great story to tell you all and and why sports have been important in her life. And how actually sports in, in general brought her and I together, um, and if you know me, you've heard my side of the story of how we met, and I wanted to give her the opportunity to tell it in her perspective. 
and her light, as well as um, her just athletic career, um, and then who she is today, who is Lindsay Boltefaber, and, um, you know, how did she get there, and what is uh, her story around who she is, and why she's here with me, and I'm very thankful for her. So, um, loading it on thick, right? I am. I'm trying, Kim. Um, and I'm, I'm about to close out live. So, Kim, have a great night. I, I'm recording Instagram live right now, guys. So, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just end that, and we're going to do some videos after that. So, um, bye, Kim. Bye, Kim. <laughs> um, so, let's start with, and I'm going to pull up my. My notes. I have you down as Lindsay Sweet Ass DeFaber. So if you've listened to episode eight, you guys got to hear me talk about how I take pictures of your butt and how appreciative I am of your butt. You got a sweet ass, girl. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> and I appreciate it and it's fantastic. Um all right, so let me let me let's start. It's enough about me. Tell me about yourself. Tell the listeners about yourself. Yes. So First and foremost, I am fighting a terrible head cold, so forgive my voice. But um, I am a true Florida cracker. I was born and raised in Florida, and I decided to escape the Florida heat and come up to North Carolina for college. And I went to Wingate, Wingate, wherever you are from. I'm a small school outside of Charlotte, and that is where Ryan went as well. And that is where we met. And after college, decided to not go back to Florida. Sorry, mom and dad. And um, have had various jobs since then. And I kind of like to call myself, I'm an introverted extrovert. I enjoy introverted time with friends and family. I kind of like to be a hermit every now and then. But I do have my extroverted times as well. So I think... Um, that kind of describes me as far as who I am. I'm an introverted extrovert. You give her two glasses of wine. You got yourself a party on <laughs> and some in sync. Oh, Done. Jesus Christ. Again, we talked about that. It, it, listen up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Press pause now. Go back to episode eight, and you're going to hear me talk about her ridiculous taste in music. And how bullshit it is. And it's, it's fabulous. Em- it's embarrassing. And I don't approve of it as her husband or as even if I was just somebody that knew her. Disapprove. Um, <laughs> unlike, dislike. I don't anything in so can you unlike something in social media? Like you can like everything, but you can't unlike it. I think you can in Facebook you can do like a sad face. I don't get on Facebook, I don't know. I, but there's no like thumbs down. Okay. So just don't like it. I would like to tell people that I don't like it through a quick, hey, that was stupid. There's no I don't like, like thumbs up or a thumbs middle down, finger. You mean? Or a middle finger. Or a middle finger. There you go. Let's get super aggressive and put a middle finger out there. Hey, it's not I, out there. I don't, I don't like it, uh, but if I like it, I give you a thumbs up. If I don't like it, I give you a middle finger. Not a thumbs down, a middle finger. That's good. No, yeah. that's, listen, again, if you know anything about me, this is why we're married, people. She's she's right in line with what I'm where I'm at. <laughs> All right. So grew up in Florida. I did. 
parents are from upstate New York. They are. Should we talk yeah. about the crazy story first about the wedding ring, or should we hold that oh, out? We're gonna to... jump right there. Well, let's let's Quentin Tarantino it. Which okay. you don't know anything about that, do you? Because you no, don't, don't watch movies. And I posted I on Instagram earlier this week about how she had pants that looked like Back to the Future <laughs> pants. And she told me, I've never seen the movie. I almost fucking slammed the door and walked out at that point in time. Oh, the girl's stop. never watched movies, but yet she has some bullshit, disgusting taste in music. It drives me nuts. Uh, but Quentin Tarantino great director and producer of movies usually tells the ending of a story in the beginning and then oh, the story goes I into see. it. Yeah. So you could you could Quentin Tarantino it. Is that I think his name? I'm going to. Okay, um, do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're we've gone down this rabbit hole. Let's <laughs> let's go ahead and keep going. Do it. So she grew up in Florida, but her parents are from upstate New York. Um, my mom Sorry. Grew up in upstate New York. Buff- Buffalo, to be exact. Buffalo, the yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo area. Rochester area. So my mom also grew up in that area. And um, her, Lindsay's wedding ring is my great aunt's wedding ring from the 1920s, late 1920s. And again, like Lindsay said, we met at Wingate. She grew up in Florida. I grew up in Rhode Island, moved down here to Charlotte. Coincidence, obviously, fate, whatever it is. Brings us together in Wingate. We start dating. We'll get into that later. We, I proposed to her with my my mom had this diamond ring at the house. Always had it. And it was my great aunt's ring. Come to find out, somehow a picture. From Uncle David. My uh, my, my Uncle David, who passed away, had, he was our um, guy that kind of kept our... The family led, tree. Family tree all mm-hmm. together through photos and, and whatnot. Um, had a picture of my aunt wearing this ring on a bench outside a gas station outside of Buffalo. And as I asked her dad permission to ask her to be my wife, we kind of got into the story. And later that photo came out and your dad was like, I've been there. I know exactly where that is. Mm-hmm. So just small world. Well, and Full when circle. we went up to New York for my grandma's 90th birthday, I believe, Grandma yep. Baltus, mm-hmm. um, we went to that gas station and got a replica of the picture. It's an ice cream shop now. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it's not a gas Sorry. station anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of cool. Small, Small world. world. <clears throat> Again, didn't know each other growing up, all this stuff. So um, let's get back to you. Let's talk about your athletic background. You, you glossed over it in who you are. Um. But who is, I said, we already talked about who is Lindsay, but who is Lindsay as an athlete? Like, for those of you that don't know Lindsay, she ran cross country in college. Um, and if you don't know what cross country it is, it, it means you run for fun. And I know that <laughs> sounds so fucking stupid because it's so fucking stupid. But. <laughs> uh, but that's my own opinion. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, running's great for you. That's your own two cents. It's my two cents worth. And if you don't like it, don't tune in. Yeah. And you know what? You keep tuning in. You want to know why? Because my two cents is worth it. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about how did you get into cross country? I want I want to understand for everybody that's listening. I might not know all of it, right? Like we've been yeah, married for not. 11 years. I, I want to yeah. know, like, how do you go from 
All right, grew up in Florida to you, you've now focused on running is what you want to do. So <clears throat> both of my parents, I grew up around running my entire life. Um, my dad, actually, I, I would say was the true runner in our house. He, dad, forgive me. He went to either UB or Buff State. Buff so State. Either, Buff State. Thank Why you. Why do I know that? I'm I don't not, know. I'm your. I don't know. Okay, so my dad went to Buff State on a running scholarship and um, was actually training for the Munich Olympics and blew out his knee. And um, after that, I think kind of got lethargic. Um, he <laughs> it led to a career of let's say let of and drinking Chuck, and cigarettes. Chuck, we love you, and you know it. <laughs> it it led to a career of drinking cigarettes and bowling. And bowl, true, yes. Um, like this guy was the epitome of a redneck in upstate <laughs> New York. Like I don't know what you guys call him in New York, but here in the South, he he would be considered a redneck. So didn't get very far in his college career. Um, ended up with his AA somewhere. Again, dad. What's an AA for anybody listening outside of the United States, Lindsay? <laughs> um, associate's degree of some sort. There you go. It's two-year college. Two-year college. It's like going to a community school. Yes. My God. <laughs> By the way, she is one of the smartest people I've ever met. That's a family trend where we can be book smart, but we're not street smart. Just saying. Yeah, we have to tell her brother to come in when it's raining. <laughs> He's a super genius. I have stocks with this guy, but I can't. You got to tell him when it's fucking raining outside. All right, go ahead. <laughs> So, okay, so dad blew out his knee. He's hanging out in Buffalo. Um, He meets my mom at a bar where my mom is bartending. And six months later, they get married. Stop. You glossed over something that's a gem in there, and I want you to talk about it. So my dad, I think... You already knew what I was going to ask. Go ahead. (laughs) I already knew. I could just tell. So my dad met her, I'm just going to say, on a Friday night. I don't really know the exact day. Knowing bowling, it was probably like a Wednesday night. Yeah, like that's true. So let's say Wednesday night. On Friday night, he proposed to my mom, and she is like hardcore Catholic. Like, absolutely not. One of seven, eight kids. And my mom was like, hell no, Chuck Bull. I am not marrying you. So my dad was like, that's fine. Like, I'm going to try again. I got game. So dad tries. (laughs) Guys, I'm going to stop you you one second. If you've ever seen Old School and the guy that rings the doorbell and says, I'm here for the gangbang, I want you to take a screenshot of that. And I want you to DM me that or email me that because I'm going to then email you or DM you a picture of my father-in-law who is the exact replica of that man, which I was told I had never thought about it. I was told on the day of my wedding, the night before my wedding, they're like, my friends came down to the wedding and go, dude, your father-in-law is the dude from the gangbang. Chuck, I'm so sorry that you have to listen to this, but it's fact. It's fact. You're you're the guy from old school that was there for the gangbang. All right, go ahead. So my dad tries again, I think maybe two or three days later. I'm not sure of the exact term. And my mom says yes and has to go and explain this to her family. 
Um, and then my dad also ex- has to explain it to his family. And I remember the story vividly. Grandma was like, what girl did you propose to? Because dad just loved the girls. He was a player. You so, have to when you got that perm. True. True. Um, so mom and dad get married in Buffalo in December, six months later, um, and have been married 40 plus years. Forgive me that I don't know that exact. How old's your, how old's your brother? My brother just turned 40. So they've been married over 40 years. That's all you have to say. That's, and I think that's what I said, right? You said 40 plus, but I don't know. So over 40 years. Polite way of saying it would have been like 40 plus. 40 plus years. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so throughout their marriage, somehow, some way, my mom also kind of took up running as well. And my dad got back into it, um, probably with having kids. And now I completely understand where that came from. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And my dad had, I think, two different knee surgeries I remember growing up and um, kind of got back into it and became that avid runner and actually became more of a marathon runner. And my mom kind of just followed suit. They have run now 10 or so marathons. Forgive me again. I don't know. They have a lot of posters up in their house. Yeah, a lot. Um, So again, I, I grew up with it. I didn't know any better. Every weekend we were at some 5K, 10K kind of race. And I associated the road races as where were we going to breakfast afterwards? So we're going to this race. I know there's a McDonald's there and we're going to get pancakes afterwards or there's a Crackle Barrel. That's where I know I'm going to get breakfast afterwards. And that's kind of how I just grew up on the weekends. Um, I do have an older brother and he's six years older than me. He kind of followed suit as well with my parents and was also cross country and a track runner. So I grew up around cross country meets on the weekends as well and track meets in the spring. So I kind of didn't know any better as far as any other sports that existed, to be completely honest. I did the quote unquote dance. Um, So I did ballet and jazz and I was terrible. I can't believe my parents even spent the money on that. I am I am not coordinated by any means. Um, You put any equipment in front of me and I suck. But you put running shoes on me and tell me to run, I'm Forrest Gump. Like, that that's all I knew. And I remember... So you're a retard? Maybe. No, I, that you. was terrible. That was, that was bad. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't edit this. So that was just terrible. <laughs> People are going to get at you about that. I know. That's, nobody listens to this anyways. It's okay. It's just your parents. Go ahead. Ashley will be upset. No, she'll though. be here tomorrow. We'll be fine. She'll get over it. <laughs> Actually, she won't even know so... when we're recording. So we're at... <laughs> Um, I vividly remember. So though, you're Forrest Gump. I'm Forrest Gump. Yeah. You just run, baby. Um, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and my, I think my, I think it was my dad. I can't believe I can't, I don't really know if it was my mom. Sorry, but he bought me a pair of running shoes, and um, they were Nikes, and they were white and purple, and they were more, more white than purple, and I wanted to keep those bad boys clean. And I remember we went to a race that weekend and they got muddy. And I think I was doing like the mile fun run because that's just what my parents signed me up for. And I cried bloody murder because my shoes were were dirty. 
And I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm not meant for this. Like, I will go to your race and cheer for you and then go to breakfast afterwards. Like, I'm good with that. Um, and then I remember kind of just getting through all of that. And in middle school, I wanted to try out for tennis. And the PE coach, who was also, I think, the coach of everything, because that's just how middle school worked, um, she was like, Lindsay, you shouldn't, you shouldn't try out for tennis. Like, you, you just seen her run track. And she was like, and we didn't even have a track. She was like, there's the field. Um, go run around it three times, and that's a mile. And if you can do that, then you're on track. And I ran around that probably 10 times because, again, that was – I just didn't know any better. Um, and in middle school, I was on track. I I ran – I definitely ran the mile. I can't remember if I ran the half mile. Um, my dad was at every meet cheering me on. And um, going into high school, again, I didn't know any better. I was following the footsteps of my brother. I was like, sure, I'll run cross country. And um, my freshman year, I wasn't that good. Like I was just part of the team. Um, Sophomore year is kind of where everything. Let's stop for a second because I want people to understand like for high school, um, you say you're not that good. How many people are on a cross country team? So, and what's considered good and not good? Okay, thank you for stopping me. So, yeah, and you, I, were, you were going on a. <laughs> you were, you I could go on. No, it's great. I mean, you're um, passionate about it, which is which is great. Go ahead. So, a cross country team, you can have seven people run, but only five people count as the score. And to kind of give you a quick background, if you come in first place, you get one point. If you come in second place, you get two points. Third place, you get three points, so on and so forth. You, as a team, want to come in as the lowest score. Okay. So I hope Got it. No, it makes sense. Okay. So if someone comes in 100th, you get 100 points versus if someone comes in fifth, you're getting five points. And so you want to come in fifth. So if you come in dead last. It's bad. We call that the Stacy Cuff. Oh, we can talk about that. <laughs> but yes, that is the Stacy Cuff. Oh, I'm such an um, asshole. All right. So yeah, yeah. in yeah, so my freshman year in high school with cross country, I was like the hundredth. I wasn't. I wasn't good. You you weren't the hundredth. I don't. I honestly there's don't no remember way, where I was. Listen, I just there's wasn't no good. way. I have a hard time to believe your dad is going to sit there and support knowing your dad. And I love your dad. There's no way he's going to sit there and be like, I love the fact that she's running and I'm okay with her being dead last. No fucking way your dad's going to be okay with that. So you were not a hundredth. No, I never came in last, but I wasn't okay. good. All right. Um, and there's no way, again, there's no way you're going to be recruited to go and run in college, but coming in last is a freshman. Like speed doesn't all of a sudden show up. Talked about it on the podcast this morning. Speed does not slump just like your ass <laughs> continue so, i just so have to make a point s- here it just it, <laughs> things like that piss me off i can't be deadly you didn't come in dead last go ahead i don't remember though you didn't so sophomore year is where things kind of um turned for me and I had the right training. I had a great coach, and she was actually a family friend. Um, and she actually ran with us, which she she could beat me, which was insane. But she really, really pushed me. Um, 
to, to the limits that I, that I knew I, I could do. And I remember, um, so there is district and you have to play so far in your district to qualify for regionals and you need to um, play so far in your regionals to qualify for states. And my, my school was never good enough to qualify as a team. Um, no offense, Springstead High School. So I really needed to qualify as an individual to move up. And I, I think it was top 15, maybe 16. I needed to place within the district to move on to the region. And I was that that last, I, I think it was 15. I came in the 15th place to qualify for regions. And I was so, I remember crying at the finish line that I got that place because I didn't want to train for a whole nother week <laughs> and run a whole nother freaking race because I was just over it. Um, but again, my coach and, and my parents pushed me and I did not qualify for states my, my sophomore year. But um, after that, I kind of understood like this is this is kind of cool. Like, I, I guess I am good at this. I was never really the fastest girl out there, but I had a steady pace and um, keeping that pace is kind of what what was my style. And going, I um, finished my sophomore year, and I always ran track. I was that just kept me in shape for cross country right. in, in the spring. I never really excelled at track. Um, if so, you're if you're a, a steady runner, I don't think track is something that you're no. going to excel in. Track is it's sprints. Fast. It's yeah. sprints, right? Like, and cross country is something that you pace yourself for. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good take there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really trained um, going into my junior year that summer and excelled my junior junior year. Um, again, I probably should have looked up all this, looked and confirmed all of this before I came on. But I think I made it to Listen, states my junior nobody, year. I'm going to tell you. I did. I did. I qualified for a states nobody, my Nobody's going to fact check you. If anybody oh, out there is going to fact check her. It would be my dad. You. It's going to be Chuck. <laughs> Uh, and it's going to be people that just don't have a life. And if you don't have a – yeah, there you go. Slam that wine into that mic. If you don't have the life and you're really looking up Florida cross-country <laughs> stats, listen. You're kind of lame. I'll give you a number to call because you need some help. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So um, my junior year, I did qualify for states. I, I Individually, I do remember that. And then senior year is really where I was like – can I go farther than just high school with this? Like, why not try? I had no desire truly to really stay in Florida. Um, I wanted to see what else was out there. I'd lived in Florida my entire life. It would have been nice to explore different scenery, different seasons. So I was completely open to that. And um, following my senior cross-country year, I went to Foot Locker which is a huge national race. It's divided into regions, so like southeast, west. I'm not really sure what the different regions are, but it is a meet after your cross-country season. And I went to it, and it was actually in Charlotte, which is kind of ironic how it all works out. Small world. We talked about it. And um, I placed at Foot Locker, and that's where I was like, holy shit, like I can – I guess I'm good and I can do this. And um, well, what is placing? So you are divided at, at Foot Locker. What's placing? 
I placed within the Florida team. So I came within the top five of the people in Florida that ran that race. Okay. And um, the Wingate cross country coach was actually there and he talked to me. Um, and then shortly after I did a campus visit and it all kind of fell into place there where I was like, well, then I, I guess I am good enough to run within NCAAs. Um, it was Division II. Um, I was certainly not good enough to run D1, but it was good enough to run D2. And um, that's kind of my story. So Wingate, were they the only school? Um, Florida Atlantic, actually. No, sorry. Florida International that coach had also talked to me a lot as well. Um, if I wanted to run in state, I could have been on the B team at Florida State. I could have not been at the A team, and I was not smart enough to get into U.S. So, so. so big <laughs> schools, big Division One schools have an A and a B team for cross country. Florida State did. I can't say that every school does, but Florida State did. Listen, Florida State did. Most most Division One schools do. So. Do you get scholarship to be on the B team? No, I think you walk on. Okay, all right. But I got I got scholarship at Wingate. I I know you, I know you did on uh, for that, but I didn't I didn't know if like Division One they actually give scholarships to. The, I don't think so. Maybe just a little bit. If but... they do, not to be mean, but that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think they do. Give kids scholarship to be fucking backup runners or backup <laughs> anything. Like, give me a break. Go go to Division Two. Go to Division Three. Like, come yeah. on, you still get a potential opportunity. All right, so you're at Wingate. And you had mm-hmm. some other opportunities. So you choose a major. What's the major? I first declared athletic training. Um, I wanted to somehow, some way, be within the athletics of um after college. I wasn't sure what direction I really wanted to go. So I was like, okay, athletic training. Sure. Um, so you've always had like this desire to be involved in athletics, like whether it was being personally involved or by being an athlete or helping athletes. To, to be very honest, the first, the real major that I wanted to do was English with a minor in library science. (laughs) And you guys could see your eyes face. <laughs> but I knew that would pay like 10 bucks an hour. So I needed to be realistic. <laughs> listen, listen, there's nothing wrong with that job. I think that's fantastic. I have a cousin of mine that is a librarian. Um, it's an admirable job. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't understand how somebody... 16 17 years old that's their that's their fucking ambition (laughs) great obviously it's not what happened it's not people are gonna be so mad at me after this episode (laughs) and i don't really care i could give a shit but um when i knew my my um my library matt wants to know why did Lindsay start dating me yet he he asked he goes has Lindsay? have you asked why Lindsay started dating there yet matt no not yet that's junior year um, so yes, I first declared athletic training and I had, a, I had to do, um, God, cl- clinical hours or whatever they were called. And I hated it. It was terrible. Um, but I had just had this vision of like being on the sidelines as my job. 
Um, and I thought being in athletic training was the only way to get there. Um, so I think even before first semester, I was like, I've got to, I can't do all the science. I'm just, that's not where my brain is. So I actually switched to sport management and my, um, my coach at Wingate was a sport management professor. So he obviously, um, supported that and kind of led me in that direction. And, um, I absolutely loved the classes. So pretty much it is a business degree with some sports things fizzled in between. So as far as like sport law, sport psychology, sport finance, that kind of stuff sprinkled in between a business degree. And that's what I graduated with. That's what I graduated with as well. It is. I I went to Wingate on a business management and accounting uh, major. Quickly realized as much as I am outstanding at math, fuck that. I'm not doing that all day long. That was boring. I wanted to do something fun. And so I went into sport management. All right. So um, we've talked about a lot about your running, why you got into it, what you enjoy about it we'll, we'll get more into we haven't really touched on that but we we understand now why you do it um how you got to wingate what you what you majored in you've run as long as i've known you a couple of half marathons mm-hmm. your parents are are marathon runners i would say more so like they don't they do halves but they do like to train for marathons um I want to understand from the mindset of a runner, tell me about the dedication that it takes to run a half marathon, a training program, and the mental aspect of fighting that that constant, I can't do it, right? Like, And I've talked about it on the podcast a few times of like running of like, and anything physical activity like your your mind takes over your body can do incredible things it's your mind that stops you from doing it so when you talk about a half marathon or a marathon that's an incredible feat whether you like running or not training for something like that is something that takes uh, it, it takes a certain mentality. So I want to understand from your perspective, somebody that's done it, somebody that's lived it around with your parents doing the marathons, all that. Tell tell us about the dedication that it takes, what types of training programs that you look into, and what your mental capacity is during that training. So <clears throat> I have never run a... Full marathon. I've only done half marathons, and I don't think full marathons are really um, healthy for your body. So I am good at 13 miles. Um, as far as – and I, I only ran half marathons after my collegiate career, and I was a, a quote-unquote adult. And um, I've run them pre-children and after-children. Um, after-children is, is a bit of – it's a little bit different. But um, – I have always kind of heard and have the mentality like anyone can run <clears throat> physically. Anyone can run unless you are physically incapable. But 
it is the mentality of how long and how fast you can run that you just have to overcome. And um, like I said, like I, I feel like I keep on repeating this, but I just didn't know any better. My my parents ran marathons throughout my my upbringing, and um, I remember they would do their long runs on Saturdays, and I would just ride my bike with them, and. And, and that's just what I knew. And I, I thought that was normal. And I, I really had the challenge. I wanted to, after college, to, to stay in shape. And my first half marathon, I actually ran with my parents. Um, and it's about, so if you are in decent shape and, and have a good base, and by base, I mean saying you can run four to five miles without an, without a problem, without kind of stopping and bending over. Um, if you can run four to five miles and have that base, training is about eight to 10, 10 weeks. And your training, your your long runs are going to be on the weekends and you need to build up. I think in, in my mind, again, the mentality of it, if you can run 10 miles comfortably, three more miles is, is a piece of cake. I don't know how it is for a marathon because I, I haven't been in those in those shoes. And quite frankly, I have no desire to ever be in those shoes. Um, I think it's crazy. Um, so I've run three half marathons and um, my the second one that I ran has has been my PR. Um, the mentality of it and, and the trading dedication is you're going to have good days and bad days, but kind of overcome the bad days with, with your good training days. And it's a huge accomplishment when you can say that you've done that because not everyone can can really say that they've done that. So, um, I know I can't. I, I ran a 10K. I thought I was going to fucking die. <laughs> and I crushed it. I almost beat you. Yeah, but I beat you. I shouldn't Cause, have cause ran it, with Preston I for have the first this, mile I have and a half. Steady pace. No, I shouldn't have ran with Preston for the first mile and a half. That's a, that's really what it came yeah. down to. I tried to be a good friend and run a slow pace, and I realized that I did not want to run for an hour. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just get this over with, and I almost fucking beat you. Mm-hmm, but you didn't. I'm an incredible athlete. Let's just talk <laughs> about that for a second. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So yeah, I mean, it's tough. I it's not fun. I don't get it. I, I know people are going to be like, oh, it's a runner's high. Never gotten it. You it's know what a good I get? Cha- I find it as a good challenge, though. Like, I don't. OK, so if we're going to if we're going to talk here, I do not find it a challenge to go on a baseball field and throw a ball. I don't. But I find it a challenge to me to be on a road and run 13 miles. Have you ever thrown a curveball that's gone? No, because I'm not coordinated enough no, to do you it. Haven't. You want to know why? Because that's a goddamn challenge. You throw a curveball that goes from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock on a clock and it strikes somebody out. Let's talk about a goddamn high there. <laughs> Running. I find that as a challenge. It's fair. All right. It's fair. I calm myself down. I just get that out. You can't You try and bring out baseball. <laughs> You're going to get yourself kicked out of this house. All right. Um, any race on your bucket list? Um, I, I, I mean, I can't say that I, I, I'm not, I'm not ever going to run this, but I would love to see the Olympic trials and I would love to be in Portland and to be on that track. Are the, 
Olympic trials on the Portland track? Yes. It's not in Portland, by the way. Eugene. Sorry. She's talking about the University of Oregon, yes. which is in Eugene, Oregon, not Portland, Oregon. Sorry, Eugene. Headquarters of Nike. Nike. Yep. Uh, I, you sit here and tell me you're a runner, and yet I know more about running than you do. Sorry. I. It's past my bedtime. Oh, get off the past your <laughs> bedtime. It's past my bedtime, too. We went out. We had a nice date night. We went we to did. dinner. We've had a we couple did. drinks. Came home. There's no no kids. We got a bullshit dog right now that's digging in the couch. <laughs> Driving me insane. <laughs> and she tells me, it's past my bedtime. So, yes, I would love to see the Olympic trials in Eugene. Okay. But to run a race, I don't know. Like I, I want to know your bucket bucket race. Mm-hmm. That would be one. That's not a bucket race. You oh, have that to I run it. Run? Yeah. Ugh. If you don't have one, that's I really cool. don't have one. All right, that's fine. You you basically let down your parents, but that's fine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Outside of running, mm-hmm. because for a lot of us that are athletes or former athletes, running is a form of punishment. Or mm-hmm. there's plenty of people out there that love running and they find it uh, soothing and out uh, and fun and and I talk a lot of shit about it, but I, I've gotten into running and it is kind of nice. You kind of just kind of let things go and you just you kind of go with the flow. You get some music going or you you just don't have any music. Like I know you run a lot of times without music. I never um, run with music. Oh, it just is fascinating to me, just from a mental perspective of like what motivates you to keep going. But outside of running. What do you do? What does Lindsay do to keep keep in shape? What are some things that she enjoys doing outside of running? So lately, um, for all you followers, you know that Ryan wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. Um, I have found it difficult to go back to sleep. I'm a machine, people. <laughs> after that. So um, because we have two kids and you obviously can't leave them alone, um, I do a lot of stuff at the house. Um, I find a lot of different YouTube channels where I do about 30-minute workouts. Um, I also, for a long period of time, I did a lot of beach body workouts. So I love um, Sean T. He's very, he's very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what... Insanity and mm-hmm. T25, those programs, yeah. yeah. So I do a lot of in-home workouts and i try as much as possible to run when i can i do want to go outside not on a treadmill just to defend myself because this is just like an out of the norm podcast to where i normally don't have to defend myself i do want to point out the fact that she mentioned not 45 seconds ago that she is almost forced to work out at home because we can't leave the kids alone listen I, in defense of myself, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. You do? Planes aren't landing. People aren't <laughs> awake. There's no cars on the road. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. I do want to just defend myself for the fact that she said, we can't leave the kids alone. Well, because I can't go to the gym at the same time. So I need to. Are work- you going to be up at four o'clock in the morning? I am. The last time I saw you up at four o'clock in the morning was to get up and go pee in the bathroom. 
I'm awake. I may not be out of bed, but I'm awake. This lady is the opposite of a morning person. (laughs) Okay. She sets coffee to be made at like eight o'clock at night, the the night before, (laughs) knowing she's going to wake up and need some caffeine to get her going. And it's not at four o'clock in the morning. Okay. (laughs) All right. I. That was just a side note. I just wanted to defend myself for the fact that you made it seem like because I go to the gym, you can't. It's not true. She has a gym membership. We just can't go at the same time. I know. All right, good. All right. So why is that important to you in your life? Why is fitness important to you? I think. I mean, I. You touched on it. You've talked about it. But give us your thirty second, fifteen second. Why is fitness important to you? Um, I've been around it my whole life. I've been surrounded by it my whole life. Um. And I'm a huge advocate. What you put into your body is what you get out of it. And um, I always feel better. I I have a better attitude. I'm a better parent. I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife when I do work out and I get a sweat in. So that's why it's important to me. All right, cool. All right, let's switch gears because it, it got asked by Matt. Hey, Matt. While we're, while we're recording, Matt <coughs> wants to know... <coughs> So, you know, very important listeners want to know yeah, our story. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, They want to know your perspective of how we met. And now I got Matt's wife texting me right now, too. Ashley, she's going to be on the podcast in the next couple of weeks, too. But, oh my God, people, get a life. It's ten twenty on a fucking Friday night. Get get a life and go out and do something. Go go get drunk or something. I don't know, but stop texting me. <laughs> stop. I'm trying to record a podcast here. All right, so tell the listener mm-hmm. how, from your perspective, did Lindsay and Ryan meet, and what was it? This is important for me. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that made you fall in love with me? And then I will, I'll chime in as needed. Okay. So tell me the story of so, how we met. Well, we had, so we went to Wingate. We had the same major, so we definitely had the same classes. So we knew of each other, but I can't say that we knew each other. We knew of each other. And then it was officially our junior year, um, going into spring semester, I believe. It was February. It's yeah, that's so spring, spring semester. And um, so we went to college back in the day when we had AOL Instant Messenger. And we lived in apartments our junior year. And we actually lived in the same building. I was in on floor three. He was on floor one. And our neighbor was also a baseball pitcher as well. And his name was Stuart. And I remember Stu coming over and saying how defab wanted to talk to me and i was like well if defab wants to talk to me you can give him my screen name and he can message me on aol because that that's just yeah ryan's defab um (laughs) because that's how i roll i was totally like playing hard to get i had no desire whatsoever to date someone um so that that's just kind of my attitude in and all. Um, but meanwhile, in the back of my head, um, my roommate Stacy loved baseball. 
and we all kind of wanted to get in with the cool baseball team. Um, Wingate at the time was a dry campus, which means you can't drink on campus. I know that sounds absolutely absurd. But the baseball team had a house off campus where they could drink. So in the back of my head, I was like, absolutely, like, sure, I'll talk to this guy. And me and Stacy have our in to finally go to some baseball parties. Um, so I don't think it was right away. But Ryan then finally hit me up on AOL. He's probably stalking my um, away messages and my idle time. <laughs> no. Listen. <laughs> I have better things to do with my time than sit there at my computer and and see if you're online or not. So he hit me up and we talked like we I was we weren't talking. We were typing for like four hours that night. Yeah, I had a game. I had a doubleheader. The yeah, next day. it was like a Saturday night, and you had a game the no, next day. No, it was day. a Friday. Friday night. night. Okay, yeah. and you had a game the next day, and I remember telling Stacy, "I'm like, we we have to go to the game because it was a home game, right? It was a home stand." Yeah. So in in college, if most most colleges, if you're a baseball player, Friday night, basically starting Thursday until Sunday afternoon, you're a prisoner. You you are right. not allowed to leave your apartment, dorm, house, wherever you live. So uh, the only outside influences we had were at the time AOL Instant Messenger. Like that was about all we could do to talk. Like we, because we would get calls from our coaches at certain hours of the night to make sure we were at in our room. So yeah, yeah. So it was a Friday night. So and we, we talked for, hours, for hours. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, three o'clock. And in you the were morning. finally like, I need to go to bed. I'm like, okay. Um, and the next day, I remember telling Stacy like, Hey, I talked to this guy. I talked to Dfab all night. Like we should go to the baseball game. By the way, you, you've said it now three or four times, DFAB. Apparently, that is a name that resonated throughout the university at the time. It had to have been because if you're telling your friends and everybody else that you talk to a guy, DFAB. They knew. They knew. Dude, of a university that had 1,200 students, I was super proud of that. <laughs> And so was I. Um, All right, go ahead. Sorry. So, and then I think after that, though, we were still kind of talking, but I remember going down to your apartment. I don't think it was that homestand. I think it was maybe a few hours. No, it was Sunday night. Yeah. It was Sunday night. So, was that the same weekend? I don't know if it was the same weekend. I don't know if it it might have been. It it could have been. I I don't know. I don't know. But same. Same thing, like I said, we're prisoners from Thursday until Sunday afternoon. So Sunday nights, the baseball team would have poker. a couple a couple parties. And, and in yeah. my apartment, it was usually poker, and it would be uh, half the team, their girlfriends, whatever, in our, our three-bedroom, four-bedroom apartment. And so Sunday nights is when... Everyone else would be getting fucked up Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'd be getting fucked up Sunday night. It's a dry campus. Wonderful time to get drunk. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I remember inviting her down and then I'll let you continue. And I totally RA, like resident assistant, is that Mm -hmm. what RA is? Politely knocked. And his roommate, Seth, was like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, hi, (laughs) is Ryan here? And they were like, who's Ryan? <laughs> I remember Seth closing the door and I'm in the kitchen and he turns and there's literally like 30 people in my apartment. He turns around and he goes, 
is there a Ryan in this place? And I was like, dude, that's my fucking name. Like, I lived with this kid for two years. Yeah. I was a, I was one of his groomsmen. He was one of my groomsmen. Supposed yeah. to be groomsmen. He, he, he joined the Air Force after college. Couldn't make it. He made it to the wedding, but couldn't make it as a groomsman. But turns, is there a Ryan here? That's how well-known I was as DFAB. Like, D-Fab, people yeah. did not know my name was Ryan. That was the same thing in high school. Like, people had no idea that my name was Ryan. That's why I try and... So hard now. Be like, I'm 34 fucking years old. Please <laughs> don't not call D-fab. me DFAB anymore. DFAB can be my kids. But yeah, so she so. would not. She knocked on the door. It was like this. It was like, <laughs> and then Seth answered, and she's like, "Is Ryan there?" And he was like, "Yeah, bullshit. There's a Ryan here." Turns out, is there a Ryan here? Yeah, dude, let her in. Yeah. So I came in. Um, that's when I was first introduced to Miller Light, which you did not drink. I, I, no, I did not drink it. Not the first time. Because um, I had class the next day. Yeah. <laughs> this was a Sunday night. I couldn't get drunk. <laughs> okay. I asked her, this is college, guys. Like, I just want everyone to understand, like, people have this perception of college as just, like, parties and incredible and it's fun and everyone's willing to do whatever. Not my wife. No. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 don't let, let's not inf- interfere with her sport management degree, which I was also pursuing. Uh, that night, I think I offered her a beer, not 15 to 16 times, <laughs> maybe more. And every time she said no, and I was like, this bitch ain't going to last here with me. I don't know about <laughs> her. Like, she's hot, but God damn, like, she doesn't drink, she doesn't do anything. Like, this is She's Ooh. boring. Yeah, she's boring. She's boring. Like, yeah, I got class at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Guess what? I'm going to show up drunk to it. <laughs> One, because I have to. Two, because I have to. I'm paying for it. And and you at that school, you had to because your coach is new. Um, the professors would fucking tell on you if you didn't go to class, which was such... I, I look at it now, and I'm like, that's such bullshit. At the same time, I'm like, it is good because it did keep us accountable. But yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so I introduced her Miller Lights. She didn't want any. No. Um, but we hung out that night and we kind of continued talking again, like on AOL. And then from there, it kind of just fostered. Like you took me on my, our, like our true first date, like off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just blossomed from there, I would say. Kind of won me over. Um, and then we officially, finally, me and Stacy went to some baseball parties at the baseball house. It, it was owned by a softball player, but yeah, it was. But it was fabulous. It was the baseball house. Um, but what was it that you say you? It, I won you over. There's some gems in there, you know. <laughs> you gloss over that. Um. Because I can tell you, I, I mean, I know, uh, you know, for anybody out there listening, like, if you're in a relationship and whatnot, like, there there are times where it is, um, you, you question the other person, not in a bad way, but, like, I remember sitting in my room in my apartment and telling you that I loved you. And you basically said thanks to I'm me. Like, did I say it back? Yeah, basically said thank you to me. And it wasn't, but it, I think it was like four hours later, you came back down and you're like, I just want to let you know, I do love you too. And I was like, 
Cool. I basically <laughs> wanted to cut my wrists for the past four hours, but at the same time, like that at that point in time in in, in our lives, that is scary, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so that's why I did ask you that question. Like, what was it that made you fall in love with me? Because it, anybody that's listening, uh, I told Matt, my best friend, the day that we had that conversation on AOL Instant Messenger, we I should have saved it. that conversation. Shoot. I bet we do, but our fucking computers are so damn old, I can't <laughs> yeah. even turn them on anymore. We love the desktop. Oh, God, it might be I, on there. Yeah, it's gone. Just get rid of it. Um, <laughs> I told him, I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. He's like, dude, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. You're not even dating. Yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, I'm going to marry her. 11 years later, 11 years of marriage later, we're, we're still we married. Are. Yeah, here we are, drinking on a Friday, crushing it. Yeah. Getting wild, people, at our own house. <laughs> um, so certainly I would say um, your humor won me over. Um, I think you've mentioned it before. Not everyone understands your humor, but I got it. I love it, and I still love you to this day for your, your humor. Um, I thought, and I still think you were very attractive. Like you, I mean, who doesn't love a baseball player? I mean, come on. So I know, there's a lot of fat baseball players. Well, but you're not. I mean, you, got, you guys look I mean, great in some tight pants. I do have and, a, I have a um, great ass. The the baseball stadium is kind of on a hill, and cross country we would always run that hill for for workouts. So we were always eyeing you guys, but we just didn't say it. Um, and pitchers always look great in their pants. Um, <laughs> This is the second time you've mentioned my pants, so. But looking back, um, and like kudos mom and dad for not being like, what the fuck are you doing? But um, I mean, we got engaged and married really young. And looking back, it's kind of one of those things where if I were in those shoes, I'd be like, pump the brakes. Like, do you really know what you're getting into? But it it all kind of worked out for us. We, We didn't. We didn't know any better. Um, we kind of just, we jumped in like head first, feet first, everything. And we just went for it. Yeah. So that's good. So that transitions into what I wanted to talk about next, which was how we did get um, engaged right, right out of college. Yeah, it was my birthday. It was your birthday two weeks after graduating college. Yep. Um, we're married in our early 20s, starting careers. Yeah. You know, what What were, you touch on it, so I'm not going to go back to it. We've been married now 11 years. we got two kids. We all we both have a few new jobs since being together. And now we have side jobs and hobbies. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a hobby of mine, doing podcasts, and you have an actual LLC on the side of what we do for a day-to-day. Mm-hmm. You own a wedding um Day of planning, wedding planning, yep. wedding planning, wedding planning company. Um, so we just glossed over basically eleven years, but that's fine. <laughs> like, look, eleven years. We were married. We got engaged two years out of or two weeks out of college. Mm-hmm. On her birthday, we were living at my parents' house. We moved into an apartment. We got this sweet dog named Bronx, sweet who dog. you now know has a pancreas problem. <laughs> 
and he he's been driving me nuts this whole podcast i ba- i've gotten up four or five <laughs> times that you guys have not heard and like let the dog out though he did not want to go out and Lindsay just sat here and talked by herself um was, you know wonderful so we've had him we've done that we bought a house after we've had two houses we bought a house yeah, we bought a house uh, in the prime of the market 2007 and then the market crashed right after that so we got that one house right away sold that house bought a new house have had two kids and at the same time trying to still figure out like what we want to do and accomplish and stay creative in our lives mm-hmm. you started the wedding company uh two years ago a year and a half ago uh it's a year and a half, yep. Officially. Officially. You've been doing yeah. it for a couple years, but officially yeah. created our LLC. And then a couple months ago, I started this podcast, not even a month ago, two a month mm-hmm. and a half ago, not even started this podcast. So um, what advice do you give now that people, I just did the whole cliff notes of, our, <laughs> that's a quick 11 years. Um, what advice do you give to your brides? Cause you've been married 11 years and you got married young. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the brides that I've had are at all different stages of life. I mean, I've had some where they're second marriages and there's kids involved. I've had some where they're young, but truly, um, I have kind of learned and we, we figured this out and we did it. If you don't grow together, you will grow apart. And we somehow figured that out without people telling us that we needed to grow together. So personally and professionally, I feel like we both did. Um, Both of our professional careers kind of went completely different ways, but I think you've mentioned it before. Now we work at the same company. We're no longer involved in sports whatsoever as far as our professional career. And then personally, um, it really is all about communication. You can't assume that the other person knows what you're thinking. You have to communicate it. And um, we've kind of just gotten on the same page as far as daily, weekly, and monthly schedules. And you, you just, you got to make it work. There's a lot of sacrifices, but um, that's what works for our family. What advice would you give any couple out there to have a healthy, stable relationship? I think you kind of touched on it, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of did. Um, if you Compromise, don't, yeah, communication. yeah, and you have to have some some common interest. Like you have to. I mean, they say opposites attract, but also you have to have some common interest um, to to grow together and grow your relationship. Um, I think that that's really important. And there's just so many different factors. Um, you kind of have to prioritize things similarly. Um, I've seen many times where some people prioritize kids above their relationship, and I, I don't agree with that. You have to put your relationship with your spouse above your kids, because if you don't have a healthy relationship, then your kids will see that, and they're going to grow and develop in, the, in that environment. It was the first relationship you had. Exactly. Before the kids came. Mm-hmm. So you always have to put time into it. I'd, yep. I'd certainly agree And it takes that. time and it takes effort. It's not going to, I mean, years later, things just don't happen overnight. Yeah, so. that's right. All right, quick questions. We're going to finish up here. Favorite place to travel or visit? 
Mm, Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. That's where we got married. Number one city to visit in the world, according to some Ooh. article. Yep. Favorite restaurant in Charlotte? Um. So within the neighborhood that we live in. Nope. I'm... Favorite restaurant in Charlotte. OG. OG. It's an Italian restaurant. That's actually right on the corner from our house. All right. Um, favorite place to grab a drink? Ballantine Hotel. Ballantine Hotel. It is pretty sweet. It's expensive as I shit. I love... Okay, so I just love people watching. I could sit at a bar and just people watch. This is a favorite place to drink. grab a drink anywhere that you've been. Oh. Really? Valentine is Charlotte. Valentine yeah. Hotel in Charlotte. Okay, that's fine. We'll yeah. do, no, we're just going to stick with that. Um, it's quick. It's quick. It's quick. But... But what is it called? Ocean Drive? Is that what's in Miami Beach? Ocean Drive. What is the like main main strip in A one A? In Miami. What was that mean? Yeah, A one A. A one A. Beachfront Avenue. That's Vanilla Ice. If you guys don't know. <laughs> anyway, we went to Miami Beach quite a few years ago, and the the people watching there at the bars was fabulous. I don't remember that bar. Okay, that's a shame. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Oh, there it is. Oh, there it we is. brought it back, poops. Uh, you <laughs> like to drink beer. What's your favorite beer to drink? Um, Doesn't have to be in Charlotte. I want to. I want to know what's your favorite beer. You go to the grocery store. You grab a beer. What's your beer? I'm probably grabbing a Hefeweizen of some sort. I'm not a big like heavy IPA person. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I had that phase, and I I can't do light beer unless I'm on a beach. So. It's got to be warm weather. Yeah. Like tonight I had a Corona, and what was the first thing I told you? Tastes like summer. I go, it's a summer beer. Yeah. I, I murdered a Corona, and it was a summer beer, and it was fantastic, but it's December, and I'm, I not, I, well, I don't want to be drinking that's Coronas. That's what you need, yeah. All right. Uh, favorite brewery. Doesn't have to be in Charlotte, which... I think it's going to be in Charlotte because I don't think yeah. I've ever visited any breweries outside of yes, Charlotte. We have. We've been to old uh, We've um, been Oscar, to Oscar Blues in Cigar right. City. What up, Tampa? Um, I'm going to say Old Mech only because I'm a mom and at that place your kids can run around and you can have a beer and it's it's beautiful. And their beer's good. And their beer's let's, good. Let's be honest. Their beer's good. All right. I'm going to make you the interviewee. Interviewer? Interviewer, I'll be the interviewee. Let's finish with, what questions do you have for me? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about this. This is terrible. That's okay. You don't need to. Okay, so what's your favorite place to visit? My favorite place to visit? Mm-hmm. Um, New York City. Oh. There's every time I go, whether it's for work or just pleasure something new there's something to do yeah and again i touched on it earlier today about anthony bourdain and the influence he's had on my life you know unknowingly obviously and then um just for the fact that uh he lived there there's just so much stuff to do Mm -hmm. like you can go you can live there for 20 years and still not do everything that that's there that's just how cool the city is so for me new york city yeah I'm going to, um, God, what's the golf guy's name that we watch sometimes with the crew? Faraday. I'm going to Faraday on you. Okay. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Um, Nike Under Armour. Nike. Ford Chevy. 
Ford. Good. You had two. <laughs> you had two. Cho- that's that's how you end it. You had Cho- two. Chocolate, vanilla. Vanilla. Beer or wine? Beer. Manhattan or martini? I'm going Manhattan. Ooh. Cat or dog? Dog. I fucking hate cats. Cats are <laughs> evil. They're just, they're fucking, sorry, Preston, but your cat is shit. And you're lucky I feed that fucking thing when you leave town. <laughs> um, Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Why? Because I can get drunk <laughs> and not be hungover going to work. Um, 20s or 30s? 30s. Yeah, why? I'm more mature. I understand what I can yeah. do and what I can't do. 20s, you think you're fucking invisible, in- invisible, invincible, and you do stupid shit and you regret it. I've come, and I, and I put it on my story today, I basically don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about me, and I'm totally great with it, and you mm-hmm. want to know why? It's because I just stopped caring. In your 20s, I think you care too much about what other people think about you. When you start living your life and understanding that what happens around you and, and the people around you truly don't matter and your happiness is what matters, that's your 30s. Yeah. And I think we should end it at that. Great. Guys, I love you. Mama, I love you. Love you too. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. You um... did great. She was so nervous. She came up to me a couple hours ago. No one cares about running. I'm nervous. I don't know what to talk about. We talk for over an hour, and you have a great story. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, (laughs) thanks, Chuck and Anna. And and yeah, nobody, nobody wants to talk about running. Let me tell you something. Anybody that after they finish their athletic career, there is some type of running involved. I'm the same type of person, right? Like baseball ended. I still have to run because running is a great form of keeping in shape. So I don't care what people say. Oh, I don't care about running. It is always a staple in most people's lives that are trying to stay fit. Or what's the first thing that people do when they're trying to lose weight? They go and run. Yep. It's not diet. It's not anything else. They go and run. You got a great story. You're smoking hot. You got a sweet ass. And I love you for it. And thank you for coming on. Thanks, DFAB. That's super hot. I like that. Love you too. All right. See you guys. That's our two cents worth. If you have any problems with it, truly don't give a shit. All right. Bye.